I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is The Athletic Hockey Show. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Athletic Hockey Show. It's Haley Salvian. It's Sean Gentilly. It's Friday. And we have some news that we need to discuss before we get into the show. Sean, we have lost Fred the Groundhog. He now lies with Pete the Penguin. You're going to have to explain who Fred the Groundhog is here. Rest in peace, you sweet, sweet prince. Rest in power, Canadian Punxsutawney Phil. That's right. Okay. Explain this. Yeah. So, it's Groundhog Day, Thursday, February the 2nd. And the famous Quebec Groundhog. Mm, Famous. Fred. Uh, it was, it was, (laughs) I don't even know how to describe this properly. He died, Haley. He died. (laughs) 
I just blown up, a blown up by a landmine. Sean, that's not accurate. That's true. We that's don't actually happened. know how he died, and we don't know when he died either. So it's Groundhog Day. There was 40 minutes into the festivities, which included music and dancing. So the Groundhog Day celebrations turned into a wake for Fred the Groundhog. Uh, sure. And uh, 40 minutes into the Groundhog Day festivities, the organizer of the event came on stage and said, quote, In life, the only thing that is certain is that nothing is certain. Well, this year it is true. It is true and it's an unfortunate I announce to you the death of Fred. The death of Fred. Lo, we are from dust, and to dust we shall return. We've lost Canadian Ponsatani Phil. You, like, again, I, I'm begging you to explain to people what this is, because American listeners are not going to get, like, this is... I don't understand what there is to explain. The groundhog This is the died. groundhog? No. This is the who Quebec is, groundhog. Who is the, who is, who is Fred? He's the groundhog. The one, do they bring up, do they typically bring him out of his hole to, or whatever to decide to... He was found dead overnight, hours before he was expected to predict whether it would be an early or late spring. Yeah. Rest in power, Fred. Sweet, sweet prince. I Anyways, welcome there, to I the Athletic there, Hockey Hold on show. a second. Hold on a second. I didn't <laughs> even know there was a Canadian groundhog until like an hour ago. I didn't know that there was just like one groundhog. I thought everyone had their own groundhog. What the fuck? So did you, you thought like every <laughs> every city had a groundhog that they that they turned to for weather predictions? I don't really know, honestly. Is there a Toronto ground like groundhog? What groundhog or? do people care about? Punxsutawney Phil. He's like the he's the groundhog of record. What does he record. have to do with winter in Toronto or Montreal? This I'm I'm like legitimately starting to get frustrated by this conversation. <laughs> There's one American groundhog. There's like that. This is the guy that shows up on the Today Show and whatever else. There's one. I didn't know that there even was a Canadian analog. There's multiple. Let alone a Quebecois analog. Okay. Yeah. This is uh, Fred Le Marmot. Fred the Marmot. <laughs> he is the Quebec groundhog. H- Haley. Please answer my question. Does every Canadian city have their own groundhog? No, not the cities. There's just multiple groundhogs. What's going on up there? There's a Wyerton Willie. That's okay. the groundhog this is that insane. I've known my whole life. This is, is insane. Why? Wyerton Willie. Does Vancouver have a groundhog? Does Moose Jaw have a groundhog? No, listen to me. Windsor. Different oh, provinces have oh, their yeah. own groundhogs. Listen to me. Oh yeah, there's Peterborough Pete. He's the no, he's it's the... Balzac Billy. <laughs> Insane. And Okanagan Oki. And then one's name is Sam. <laughs> and they, and they all, all had and different... they all died. They all no, died overnight. Just, it's suspicious. The amount of police are investigating. No. Listen oh. to me. This is getting off the rails. I just wanted to start the show with a moment for Fred, the sweet, sweet groundhog who was found dead this morning. There is a groundhog for every province in this nation. And they were all split, by the way. Yeah, and once a year they combine to form the Groundhog Voltron. This is crazy. You told me about... uh, 
What groundhog did you think I was talking about? I just figured there was one catch-all Canadian groundhog, like there was one catch-all no, American that's groundhog. why his name is French. He's the French groundhog. How was I supposed to know this? So there isn't like a groundhog in Pennsylvania and Washington? No, there's one. There's, that's like, that's the thing. How does that account groundhog? for, you know, California winter? Same rule applies to everybody. How old is that groundhog? In the United States. I got some bad news for you about groundhogs. <laughs> do they just re- replace him every year? How long do you think groundhogs live? <laughs> One year or, or are they immortal? <laughs> well, I don't think they're immortal, but... Anyways, folks, it's NHL All-Star Weekend. <laughs> <laughs> None of that went the way that I imagined. <laughs> Looking for answers here. Okay, so it's NHL All-Star Weekend. We put out a call for questions because we're going to do a mailbag show today because we don't care about the All-Star game. We care about Groundhog Day (laughs) and mailbag questions. There's also nothing happening this week. Like There's barely barely any games. There's none being played uh, tonight. uh, Dom Luce-Chishin had a great piece. With Matt Fairburn about Tage Thompson that dropped today. Tage Thompson, by the way, is out indefinitely. So don't read it. Don't even, don't worry about it. Read <laughs> it next read season. It. <laughs> read it next season when he comes back. I've been hearing about this story for months about, <laughs> you know, they're, about how Tage Thompson is like hockey Josh Allen. They both play in Buffalo. The big plan, of course, was to drop this before the All-Star break because, of, of course, Tage Thompson would be involved. And, of course, the Buffalo Bills uh, would either be headed to the Super Bowl or have just lost in the AFC Championship game. And uh, none of that came to pass. Yeah, that's two weeks, Two weeks or whatever since Josh Allen's last, last football game. And uh, big, strong Tage is staying home for the, uh, for the festivities, which is a shame. I wonder what skills competition thing he would have been involved with. They should have just put him in all of them. This should have been the Tage Thompson show. Like we're this should have been Friday and Saturday. Saturday should have been wall to wall Tage. And we're not getting it. And Haley, I'm very upset. Yeah. And you know what would have been great is that all of these contests would be starting at staggered times so everyone could watch Tage Thompson all night. Yeah, it's true. What do you think they're going to have the skating, the the fastest skater at the same time as the breakaway? That would that actually might be a way to spice up the skills competition. <laughs> Hardest shot at the same time is uh, is is the fastest skater. That's great. Oh my! And you should put a bullseye on the back of everyone in the fastest skater. That's how you get the extra point in the accuracy shooting. Is that what it would take to get you to pay attention to the skills? You know competition? what? I will. Oh, I'm not going to watch this this weekend because <laughs> oh, I'm going oh, no. to. I'm going. I have a bachelorette party this weekend, so I'm not watching. I typically cool. watch the skills contest. I don't watch the All Star game. I don't mind the skills competition. I will put it on. I'm not going to cancel plans to be there and make sure I'm watching it. But I personally like watching the breakaway challenge because I think that's where. Things can get more fun. Although I don't love, I mean, the okay, so the roster for the breakaway challenge presented by Great Clips. 
You don't have to say that, by the way. <laughs> it's actually the Great Clips NHL Breakaway Challenge trademark. So the roster for that is the celebrity goalie is Roberto Luongo, which is fun. Mitch Marner, David Pasternak, Matthew Kachuk, and then a duo, Alex Ovechkin and Sidney Crosby are teaming up. There is a severe lack of Trevor Zegris, Jack Hughes, young, fun ah. boys. Leave those guys at home. I've had enough of them. Is Jack Hughes not an all-star? <sighs> Take a break from, from the little fellas. No, no, no. He's, he, he is. He is. Okay. Trevor Zegris. Uh, Jack, is in the, Jack is in the accuracy shooting okay. contest, which is presented by a, a car company, which I will not name. Because they are not an advertiser for us. So there. Well, as I was saying, the breakaway contest is fun. I, I enjoyed it last year because they had Hughes and Zegris uh, doing some fun, creative things. Enjoyed that a lot. Um, fastest skater, Dylan Larkin, Kirill Kaprizov, Kale McCarr, Chandler Stevenson, and Andrei Svechnikov. Um, Chandler Stevenson is fast. I don't know if, I don't okay. know how that's going to. Did I uh, say, like, did I sound skeptical when I named Chandler A little Stevenson? bit. <laughs> yeah, a bit. I, I will say the fact that he is the one that replaced Maddie Veneers, kind of weird. This is the league that wants a representative from every single team. And then Maddie Veneers is hurt. He's not there. And so the league gets somebody from the Vegas Golden Knights to replace him. So now there's nobody representing the league's newest team that tends to make a ton of money for said league with their shiny new building that is consistently sold out over the first year and a half of its existence. Yeah. Is it, is it that much of a loss that we get Chandler Stevenson over Jared McCann or whatever? If you're a Kraken fan, I don't think you give a crap. The only reason. Yeah, it's true. The only reason this, this exists. And I think we've talked about this year and I've said it a million times, like, all-star games, regardless of the sport, are for little kids. This is for 11-year-olds who are... What about me? I just said I like watching the skills contest. You're going to a bachelorette party this weekend, so you are even less of the target demographic than, like, <laughs> than, than typically. I'm going to put it on in the background while everyone's playing strange We don't care about the all-star games. Game. <laughs> we don't care about the all-star game for two reasons primarily. We're in the media... Media folks typically hate it because it's a pain in the ass and whatever. We're incapable of having fun, basically, when it comes to work-related stuff like that. And we're not children. So we're the wrong people to talk about this. I'll tell you this. When I was eight years old and I went to the 1994 All-Star Game, MLB All-Star Game, it was like the best weekend of my life. I went to the Home Run Derby. I saw, saw all that stuff. It's the most fun I've ever had. Were the Pirates relevant at that point? No, they were terrible, but there, oh, there was a random there was a random pirate named Carlos Garcia who was in the game, and I was so psyched when he when right. he uh, when so he now this lineup. young young Kraken fan Sean Gentilly, little yeah. boy Sean from Seattle is going to have nothing to look forward to this weekend. You get to see Chandler Stevenson. Congrats, buddy. Anyways, we can keep going through the rest of these. Okay, there's this the NHL Tendy tandem. So this is where the Ugh. women's players are involved. Or did you have anything you want to say about the breakaway or fast skater? <laughs> no, I was rolling my eyes at the, t it's just the, the phrase tendy tandem. But yeah, shout out to the uh, breakaway challenge judges. Adam DeMarco played Alfie on the White that. Lotus. I hated him in White Lotus. Yeah, you're supposed to. 
Dylan Playfair, okay. who's one of, one of the Letterkenny guys. Uh, Very funny. Victoria Azaranka, who's a tennis player. And most importantly, Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins, the Street Profits from WWE, they want the smoke. I'm psyched. They, they must be. I, I, I don't Do care you think if they're going to fake punch somebody in the face? They better. They better. <laughs> a fake elbow to the neck area? In the breakaway. This is again, they're in the breakaway challenge. <laughs> We're doing a so, great job. <laughs> <laughs> breakaway challenge. They're going to do something with Kachuk. How about that? There will be some involvement with the Street Profits Matthew and Matthew Kachuk. Kachuk. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're, they're going to do what so many people have wanted to do over the years and beat the hell out of Matthew Kachuk on the ice. Fake beat him up. Uh, the punches are real. They're going to fake beat him up. Mm. They're going to throw a fake chair at him. <laughs> oh, that's what they're, they're going to throw a chair at him. That's the thing in WWE. They're going to jump off the judges table and body slam Matthew Kachuk. <laughs> sure. I hope it happens. I fell asleep um, for a significant chunk of the Royal Rumble. Anyways, the Tendi tandem is where we're going to see the women's hockey players involved. So initially the league announced um, that the certain players were going to be in and the fun. I think some people took that as they were going to be competing in the skills competition. Um, so they are going to have a presence over All-Star Weekend is my understanding of this. And one of those ways is they are going to be the shooters in this goalie challenge. So eight goalies are going to participate in this event. One goalie from each division are going to be the shooting goalie. And then one will be the in-net goalie. So shooting goalies are going to earn points based on the accuracy of their shots. And the in-net goalies will face rushes of three, two, or one players based on the number of points earned by the shooting goalie in their tandem. Okay. And then the shooters are Alex Carpenter, Hillary Knight, Emily Clark, Rebecca Johnston, and Sarah Nurse. So they're kind of just being used as like the shooters to help the goalies like get or lose points, it seems. Kind of. So uh, the one thing I will say is like things could change. Like Kendall Coyne Schofield wasn't supposed to be in the fastest skater, but she ended up being in it when McKinnon got hurt. So things can change, but as of right now, like that's their thing on skills day. Anytime they're involved, like whether it's the accuracy shootouts, you know, Hillary was involved with something like that in St. Louis a couple years ago. Brianna Decker demoed the pass accuracy a couple of years ago, and she demoed it faster than pretty much every single person yeah, did well, in the competition. Yeah, what I was what I was saying was like anytime they get involved, it seems like the charisma level is ramped up like a couple a couple degrees, mm -hmm. you know, because because they're hams in a way. I say that positively, in a way that the men's players aren't, because they need the attention. They play the camera better because they're because they realize that this is an opportunity for them, and they're because of you know this the wild amount of inequity in in sports. They have to they have to work their ass off for every bit of. Mm -hmm. you know, attention they get and they know it. So they realize this is a legit platform for them. Yep. And they act accordingly. So the mm -hmm. more they're involved, the better. I hope it's beyond just, you know, shooting pucks at whatever. I'm expecting Alex Carpenter to make somebody look silly. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask you. Who's like, <laughs> is there who ask, didn't even have, didn't even have to ask the question. Carpenter's the one to watch out for here. 
I think she's got a wicked shot. And I don't think she maybe has like the same star power name recognition as EA sports cover star Sarah Nurse or, you know, one of the greatest of all time in Hillary Knight. But Carpenter has got a wicked shot. I'm very excited to see what she does. Emily Clark is a fun player to watch. And Rebecca Johnston, um, you know, hasn't been on some of the last few national team rosters. Um, she's been taking a break, so I'll be excited to see uh, what she does and, you know, if she's going to come back into the national team fold. She's, uh, you know, working with the Calgary Flames now. Um, but I think Alex Carpenter, I mean, you always got to watch Knight and Sarah Nurse, but I think Alex Carpenter is like the the sneaky pick. To, I mean, they're, they're, known, they're known commodities at this point, right? Yeah. Like, Carpenter's Carpenter a little a little less. She so. should be a known commodity. Sure. But she got cut from an Olympic team when she shouldn't have been. And she's got, again, a hell of a shot. So I'm excited. I'm sure Hillary Knight's going to do something too. Alex Carpenter, come on the podcast. Join us. We should do another women's hockey guest soon. Yeah, I've been saying it. That's right. They're more interesting than the men's players. <laughs> okay, just a couple By more a here. Uh, and, they're, and, they're, and they're easier to talk to. Oh, yeah. Hillary Knight, we couldn't like get her off the phone almost. <laughs> we're just like, all right, Hillary. Uh, excuse uh, me. Excuse me, Hillary. I have things to do. Goodbye. Um, okay. So there's a couple of these sticky ones because it's in Florida. I like that they're doing this. Um, it's kind of like they did at the Vegas All-Star Weekend, how they had the thing at the Bellagio. I'll admit I didn't watch that one, but it's <laughs> <laughs> theoretically <laughs> so it, it sounded cool. great. Uh, it looked kind of cool. So they're doing the splash shot, which is on a beach. The ocean spray, breeze, and sand add to the I, challenge this is, of this, this exceptional is skills this event. Is stupid. As four pairs of players fire at targets to attempt to dunk their opponents. Great. Um, and then there's the pitch and puck, which is like hockey and golf shots on it, uh, featuring an island green. So Johnny Gaudreau, Clayton Keller, Jason Robertson, and Nick Suzuki are doing that one. There's the accuracy shooting. Hardest shot. The stupid, the stupid part of this is is the cop. I hate reading ad copy like this, where you're talking about ocean spray and breeze and sand and whatever. This is like I That's do not, not read directly. That has nothing to do with enterprise. I hate it. I hate. What did I tell you? <laughs> no, no free advertising. The thing I want to see here more than anything. The takeaway from the NHL splash shot is presented by uh, a nameless rental car service. I want to see Crosby versus McKinnon. I want to see one of those guys dunk the other. No, I think they're on a team. That's bullshit. They're teammates. I don't like that. They should should have put them against each other. No, they're going to try to dunk the Kachuk brothers into a tank. It's just the Kachuk brothers? No. It's So it looks like... So this is actually... I've got a bone to pick with this press release. They didn't show the pairs. So the participants are Crosby, McKinnon... Rantanen, Makar, Shesterkin, Fox, oh, okay. Brady, and then Matthew. Okay, that's fine. So I'm assuming it's Crosby, McKinnon, Rantanen, Makar, Shesterkin, Fox, and the Kachucks. Should have brought out Big Walt to dunk Matthew and maybe that, Brady. Maybe they will. We never know. He's going to be wearing flip-flops. He's going to be super chill. <laughs> and he's going to dunk his children in a tank. And the other thing to remember, folks, is that uh, I have to live blog this at the website <laughs> on Friday night. So mm-hmm. watch it. Hang out, maybe we'll make some jokes or whatever. We'll get through this, get through this together. Because I too am in the live blog because I forgot about the bachelorette party. So I think it'll be really funny if I just randomly start blogging. Yeah. So if you're a loyal listener, you'll know that I'm doing that 
you know, I, I'm starting to have a bad time and now I'm live blocking the All-Star game instead. Are we done talking about the All-Star game? Please, please okay. be done talking about the All-Star game. Okay, we're going to take a little break and I feel like we didn't even say anything about the All-Star game. We just read the NHL's press release. Who cares? <laughs> we're going to go to break and we're going to come back with a mailbag, which is what everybody is here for. All uh, right. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, so if you've made it this far into the show or you just fast-forwarded to this point in the show, uh, we appreciate you because we spent 10 minutes talking about how Groundhog Day works in Canada and then another 10 just reading the press release about the All-Star Skills Competition. But that's kind of the news. There aren't that many games that were happening this week. It's the All-Star break. That's why we are doing a mailbag episode. I guess the only thing we didn't bring up off the top that I was going to is your story that you had, Sean, about the NHL TV ratings. There was Mm -hmm. some anger online, not anger, but a lot of takes, a lot of people with opinions on why the TV ratings seemingly were down. Uh, A lot of it could have just Mm -hmm. been chopped up to uh, there were seven games on ESPN last year and none of them were on Sundays. (laughs) Yeah. Small sample size plus football. This, you know, particular (laughs) data point you know, the, the ratings drop, it's, it's, uh, it doesn't really matter. (laughs) It's, it's, it's not, it doesn't say what people thought it said at least. Right. So does that mean that the NHL doesn't have huge existential problems like coming down the pike? Like, no, of course, of course, of course it means that, but it was being misinterpreted by people. And, you know, and you can see in the comments of that, of that on that post, which are deranged by the way, but it's people screaming about blackouts and saying that this is happening because the league went too woke and happening because the league. Yeah. It's crazy, 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 crazy. But that's what happens when you see this sort of stuff. We saw with the NFL a few years ago where there was a ratings drop and everybody used, used it, you know, as a cudgel against the league to advance whatever their own personal, you know, cause was, this isn't happening because there haven't been any trades. This isn't happening because, Analytics. Of, any, of any one particular thing, right? A, a lack of casual national viewership is an enormous problem for the NHL. That is mm-hmm. the problem. That is the thing that they've been trying and failing to fix for the last gazillion years, right? But that particular number, that 22% number in the, in the United States means nothing. It says, it, and, and it says nothing. And there's no sense in pretending otherwise. Well, because when you take out the games on Sundays, the average viewership is actually better than it was last year. Right. 
So we should see those still, numbers and look and better. And it still sucks. Like there's there's all sorts of problems. I mean, this introduces a whole other set of problems, right? It shouldn't just be, you know, a situation where you just punt and where the NHL should be punting against anybody, like even if it is football. But that's where we are. Right. Let's get to the mailbag. I don't want to talk about yes, this anymore. Let's get to the mailbag. Okay. So we got some questions on Twitter. We got some questions from the Discord. I believe you went onto a Puck Soup Discord and asked yep. for mailbag questions. Yep. So we've got a mix of actual hockey questions, some questions about us and our jobs, and then just some, you know, questions like, uh, who do you think you are? I assume that's directed at you, Sean. <laughs> uh, probably. That's from yeah. Prowl. <laughs> also asking um, where's your pulitzer i'm sean i didn't get anything to commemorate the pulitzer uh that i was involved with winning hmm. why is everybody talking about this now i like this is no craig craig opened up the can of worms and then washinsky did on a Colin oh. show for puck soup it, i this i can't put the horse back in the barn on this one i don't think must be nice to be so smart. I don't have anything commemorating the Pulitzer because I didn't win it myself. I was part of a group of people that won it at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. So you're a fraud. This is why I didn't want to tell anybody about it because it's because I didn't actually win one myself. And people, I'm people think And people think that, you know, it's a, it's, it's a gray area to exist in. Great. Okay. So another question. This is from Pac. He's from the Discord. What was your cringiest moment interviewing someone, whether it happened during or you learned additional information after that made you cringe? I got secondhand cringe listening to Craig interview Quinn Hughes. Legendary, legendary <laughs> stuff. I felt so uncomfortable for everybody involved, including <laughs> myself as a listener. And Craig had a podcast that was just him talking to people for an hour. Craig truly one of the all-time great guys at like working a room and you know getting getting got, getting people to say things and whatever else. So that's why that's why the Quinn Hughes thing was funny because he doesn't have too many of those on his resume. So yeah. I bring it up constantly because it's one of his great great failings. <laughs> What's yours? Oh man, I, I'm I, I'm. N notoriously average i think in terms of in terms of interviewing people right like i've gotten better because of the podcast i feel like over the last couple of years but it's not something that comes supernaturally to me it, didn't, it certainly doesn't come supernaturally to me in uh in in scrums um there was the the worst one i was ever a part of was after david morehouse who was the president of the pittsburgh penguins announced that He'd fired Ray Shiro. This is back in twenty, you know, fourteen or whatever, mm -hmm. and um, and basically was waiting to decide on whether to fire Dan Bylsma, and it was a disaster. Like they called us in. We'd been waiting days and days for this to happen. These guys have been fl flapping in the breeze, and they called us in the morning of. So everybody goes down there. Morehouse had a contentious relationship with. Some people in the media stuff had been leaked beforehand, and it still to date was just the I've been I barely had anything to do with it. Honestly, I was more just present for it, and it's still to date just one of the most contentious, bizarre experiences, you know, of my life. Honestly, like I like pro professionally speaking, it was it was horrible because we're talking about guys getting fired, and there and there was like kind of 
um, inside inside baseball, basically uh, pissing match between Morehouse and the media in general. It sucked. It sucked. It sucked. It sucked. And that is still to date. And this wasn't even me. This wasn't even me falling on falling flat on my face and asking a stupid question, which happens has happened God knows how many times. It happens to everybody. This was just the the overall vibe of, the, of this of this press conference was just abysmal, and it's still to date is is the worst one that I've ever been a part of. I feel like mine. I've told this story before, but I feel like the most like oh my god, I'm such a dumbass moment I've had was in my first year covering the Sens, and I was just doing some like fluffy piece just because it was the end of the month, and I was like I need to get something else out before the weekend. So I was doing something on the dad's trip and Brady Kachuk was bringing his grandpa and I was like talking about the dad's trip and how special it is. And I was just like, what's your, what's your grandpa like? Is he, is he cool? Why? Oh. <laughs> Don't assume that anybody's grandpa is alive ever. He was bringing his grandpa. Oh, He told me he was bringing his grandpa. <laughs> I didn't think he, yeah, he's bringing his grandpa's freaking urn. No, no, he was bringing his grandfather and I asked him if his grandpa was a cool grandpa. So I literally was like, what's he like? Is he like a cool grandpa? And Brady was like, yeah, yeah. Is he, yeah, is, yeah. He, is he a hot grandpa? Like, what's going, is he busy later on? I was like, I am mortified. I just like literally word for word. Is he like a cool grandpa? Like, does he... Does he yeah. do stuff? He's like, like oh a God. cool grandpa. <laughs> I've had I've had Actually, Thomas- I asked Thomas Shabbat. <laughs> oh God. It's all coming back to me. I Ask kind of make sure, make sure this is stuff you're you're comfortable sharing, by the way. <laughs> I asked Thomas Shabbat. He was like talking about. I, I basically asked him <laughs> about his place of residence. <laughs> Like he was talking about his like home in Quebec. And I was like, that's like you live there in the summer. <laughs> yeah. Where do you live? What's the address? What's the security <laughs> no. camera situation like? No, of course he doesn't live in Quebec in the hockey season. He plays in Ottawa. Oh, see, I, I didn't pick up on that. I, I, I thought it was like I asked, asked him something creep. like dumb. Like you don't live there right now, do you? <laughs> I had a, I had a couple times. Er, I had a couple times earlier in my career where I, uh, wasn't sure who I was talking to. Did, did, that, did, did that ever happen to you? No. You end, you end up in like the visitor, actually. In like, you know what? First in like training the, camp in the visitor in the visitor room or something, or, or in training camp, and, and yeah. you just kind of oh, I just shut up. my mouth though. I didn't ask. I didn't say anything. I just was like looking at them, like who who is that? Or just you end up at someone's locker whenever they come in, and you feel like a sense of obligation. Tell them to we'll start asking because you're like, I'm here, I'm working, whatever. And so then you're what like, do you do? <laughs> yeah which one are you again <laughs> it's where you like introduce yourself and you say like hey i'm Haley," and then they don't say anything just be like hey instead of hey like, yeah i'm sean you're like, it's like Shit. Ten, 10 years ago it's like you're teddy bluger right <laughs> yeah theodore's bluegers theodore's bluegers another dumbass moment when i was doing the olympics i was doing my olympic prep for a uh, latvian game during the men's Olympic tournament. And I was, and he, I was like, oh, somebody named Theodore's Bluegers was the leading scorer in the Olympic qualification. I, that, that sounds like, you know, discount Teddy Bluger. 
I was like, oh, uh, it's just Teddy Bluger. That is, that is full freight, 100% Teddy Bluger. <laughs> Anyways, I feel like this whole thing is my most cringe moment. Uh, now everyone knows that, yeah, I'm kind of dumb. That's, that's the sing- I, I will say that's the single, um, that's the biggest challenge of doing podcast interviews with players or coaches or GMs or, wh- or whoever. feel comfortable. Yeah, and also like you, you're working on a high wire. Like if mm-hmm. you have a bad, if if you get if you get in this very, the goal is for this never to happen. And thank God it really hasn't because I wasn't involved with the point interview. But like you don't want to get one worded by that's if it, if you get a one word answer from somebody when you're interviewing them in front of their locker for a print story, like whatever, you just don't use it. Sucks. It's embarrassing, but you just don't use the. You don't have to. <laughs> You don't have to tell anybody about that here. Oh, yeah. It's like, if you get a one word like ugh. phone interview qu- answer in a room, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's just like, oh, take that. I took that one on the teeth. Like I've had kind of shitty locker room interviews before. You just don't use it. But yeah, podcast, you're just like, oh, damn it. I'm just constantly like, I, I'm, I sweat usually through, through these right. interviews, honestly. Even when, even when it's guys that I'm comfortable with, because you're just like, I, this is, the stakes are a little bit higher here. Yeah. You want to make it a good show for people. And you want your guests to feel comfortable, but you also don't want to come off as just like overly chummy, kind of dumb. It's There's a lot of different needles yeah. that you have to thread there for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was definitely my cringiest moments were like early Sens days. Just like dumb things that came out of my mouth. They were harmless though. Like Brady it, it was happens. like, yeah. Brady thought it was funny. I was just like, uh whatever i'll talk to you in a month <laughs> i didn't talk to brady <laughs> chuck for a while after that d- one disappear for- <laughs> i was like i'm not going to that side of the locker room um all right not rock asks what's sg's favorite canadian snack and what is Haley's favorite american snack favorite canadian snack is wonder bar that is the best of the canadian candies that i've had not it's, all dressed um, chips uh i mean i i love i love all dressed chips um, but no, I, I love, I love a wonder bar. It's, uh, it's bit peanut butter. It's, uh, caramel. It's wonderful. It's a wonder bar. It's a this podcast is brought to, has been brought to you by wonder bar. Mm-hmm. We got us shocking. Like we didn't get many hockey questions. So if you're here for hockey talk, just. No, there's some there's, there's some in there. Why don't we'll get to how them. about how about you okay, share your favorite, favorite American, American snack? snack? I actually don't I don't I, anything from Trader Joe's. Mhm. I love I love Trader Joe's. Everyone does. Everything from there. And Target. I like Celsius energy drinks. We don't have those in Canada. I like the Trader Joe's movie theater popcorn. And they're everything bagels. They're pretty good. But as far as like free ones. as far as like as far as like bag bagels are are yeah. concerned, I, I think that's I think that's about as good as you're gonna do. That's right. Long time. Sean, do you have a question? No. Long of the pretzel doink from Trader Joe's. The My dad chop- thinks those are too salty. Yeah. I got him some. He doesn't like the salt count. Hmm. Interesting. Bad call, Frank. Next question. Could we ever see a system, and this is from Nick LaPointe on Twitter. Could we ever see a system where there's a salary cap number that your team has to be under for the season, 
but then there's an in-season cap that is, say, $5 million more. Then teams get relief in-season to make moves, but it doesn't leave to teams like Toronto and New York spending 50000 more in the off-season under a luxury tax system. Mm-hmm. So what you're describing is LTIR. <laughs> yeah, just codifying LTIR outside of the, outside of the uh, actual the injured reserve system. Like, y- your cap doesn't matter once you hit the playoffs. I don't know if we'll see it, but that's probably smart. I think that's probably the best, uh, the best workaround. That, or the, maybe not the best, because I don't want to open that can of worms, because you can talk about hard cap, soft cap, no cap, whatever. I think that is like the middle ground that's to be found over the next few years with, with, uh, with how, you know, the cap system could be amended or fixed or however, mm-hmm. however you want to put it. Would have been nice if we had that in place this year. <laughs> Do you think the deadline's going to be as boring as it might end up being? I think it might. I'm starting to think it is going to be, honestly. Yeah, I do. I know if, I, we say that every year, and, it, and, all, and then there's always some kind of action that saves it. And so must, I, I'm not saying there will be zero trades or anything, but uh, there just aren't enough teams with money to spend, and there aren't enough teams with players to sell. Not and enough. there aren't enough mechanisms for team to create for teams to create space. Mm-hmm. And I think the in-season cap is a really interesting idea. I wish it would have been instituted just as a one-year, maybe during COVID or whatever. The good thing is that <laughs> fingers crossed the cap's gonna raise. I think everybody I know and everyone's freaked out about it now because of how lame the deadline's gonna be and how many teams are capped out. But, but it's a short term it's a back. short-term problem. Hmm? He walked that back. I, I'm not, I'm not, oh, I know. I'm not, and I'm not, it's, million dollar it's not going to, people were thinking of it. We might still be in a flat cap situation next year. Maybe. And, you know, maybe the year after the, it could be a gradual rise, but it's going to, it's going to stop. It's going to end at some point. I think that's a win in and of itself. But in the meantime, as a procedural change, as like a overall systematic change for the NHL, I, w- I would love it if they were an in-season cap because that's what teams are doing now anyways with LTIR wrangling and you know all that all that kind of all that kind of stuff. So codify it and um you know just uh make it a lever that's available to every team regardless of of who's hurt and who's not. Guess how many times are in LTIR right now according to Cat Friendly? 9 17. Crazy. Yeah. Think all think, think all those guys are actually hurt long term. The Vegas Golden Knights projected cap hit per cap friendly, like with the LTAR contracts and their actual, like what's on the books and active roster is a 96.3 million. The time to figure something like this out again would have been this year or last, but whatever. But that's a great suggestion. I, I love, I love that idea. It didn't seem like it's not a crazy radical one. And it's not just saying like institute a luxury tax. I don't know if that needs to be a C. The, the problem is, is that doesn't seem like something that could be unil- or voted on by GMs. That seems like a CBA negotiation thing, I would imagine. Right. So that's the tough part. I think part of the problem that's going to happen at the deadline, and we do have a question from the Discord that's about the deadline, so we can fold all this in once we get to that one. Um, it's not just that there's not a lot of teams with money. I think there's not a lot of contenders, like legitimate contenders with money to spend, right? Right. Like teams that have the cap. 
And then the teams who have a ton of cap space, like how likely are they to actually weaponize that cap space to be the power brokers of the league? Because the Buffalo Sabres have a lot of money open on the books, but they're not a team that have typically made those kind of moves. They currently have $47 million in cap space. So do the Arizona Coyotes. Anaheim Ducks have $36 million in cap space right now, according to Cap Friendly. So the question is, will those teams be the power brokers? I mean, we've seen that Arizona has been open to doing that. Part of me wonders if Buffalo will be open to doing that this year in a way that we haven't really seen. And when I say being the power brokers, I mean, will they be the third team in the potential trades of Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves or whatever expensive players change hands, Ryan O'Reilly, et cetera. I don't know. I think Arizona will. Buffalo needs to make sure that they keep themselves enough space to sign David Pasternak in the offseason for $13 Why would you say that? Where did that come from? I'm speaking it into existence. Why? What? what do you mean, why? Do you have a problem with Buffalo? No. I love their wings. <laughs> I love your hot sauce mixed with butter. <laughs> Beef on weck, one of my favorite. I, you, you can't even eat that. Was that something with gluten? Thanks a lot, gluten. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Next I had question. Duff's wings. <laughs> Anyways. I love chicken wings. <laughs> and I don't and I don't care who knows it. I love chicken wings. <laughs> I don't even like I would go for a chicken wing over a salad any day. <laughs> Pick me. Pick me, says Haley <laughs> Salvian. I love a chicken wing. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kinda like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokers Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Anyways, this is a question from Aileen. Aileen. Though we all know the trade deadline is usually a lot less exciting than we all hope it will be, what's one team that no one is focusing on in the who's going to trade for X player articles that you think could make a big, exciting move at the deadline? She's basically, I feel personally attacked by this because in my Where Could Johnny Gaudreau story, <laughs> I did, I didn't include Columbus. And in the Matthew Kachuk trade piece that we did, we didn't include Florida. But also, if anyone wants to hate on us for not including the Florida Panthers in the Kachuk piece, find me the person that saw, thought that that was going to happen. Weren't we kind of told not to? <laughs> I'm trying to remember. But they didn't really come up in the in the digging we did to to write that story. I don't believe. Florida? 
Oh, they were no, they did. They were just so capped out at the time that it just seemed impossible. Because yeah. the only that was way they could, but we were like, we're not including them. They have no money. Yeah. They got to pay Huberto <laughs> what, and Uyghur. What are they going to have to? They'd have to trade Jonathan Huberto to to There's make no Matthew Kachuk fit. Yeah, that is right. Yeah, that's a, that, that one. Oh, that's an L by us, actually. I was trying. I was trying to defend the two of us in, in our in our process there, but uh, screw that one up. But that's oh, what I'm saying. Like, find me the person that thought that that was going to happen. Anyways, <laughs> to the question, Keith do you Kachuk. have an answer for it? <laughs> what was it? What was the question? What huh. what team could come out of nowhere to make a to to make kind what, of a? Who, what's the team that no one's focusing on in the like various sweepstakes that we've been discussing? Like, who's the team we haven't been talking about? And like, who's going to get Timo Meyer? Or who's going to get? I think I think the Islanders Kane are a real tapes. dark horse. I think the Islanders are a real dark horse to add Bo Horvat. <laughs> <laughs> Timo Meyer is an interesting one because adding him and the teams that are connected with him are all teams with money, and they're all teams that have a younger core, maybe, and also have the desire to maybe sign him longer term, right? So that's why he's getting connected with the Devils, and he's getting connected with the Sabers, and whoever else. So I don't know that, um, in terms of the you know, top of mind um, trade candidates are, are, are uh, you know, threats to end, not, not threats, but possibilities to end elsewhere. I don't know. How do we feel about the New Jersey Devils at the deadline? Do you think they're a threat to add Timo Meyer? I would hope so. I would hope so. I, I want to see, I love seeing teams add. I love seeing teams go for it. Um, and Timo Meyer, for a lot of reasons, is, a pretty solid fit for the New Jersey Devils, right? They have a bunch of money coming off the books after the season. Um, they could accommodate an extension for him or the $10 million uh, QO would be easier for them than uh, than some other teams. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I like it, but they're going to have the long term. They're in good, they're in good financial shape to add a guy like Timo Meyer. The, the challenge is moving out the salary necessary to make it a, uh, to make it viable right now. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's I think that's I think that's tough. Their projected deadline cap space is only two million. So yeah. they would need to move some money out. And like it are the devils a team that should be moving out the younger assets necessary to acquire Timo Meyer? Like I know they're having a really good season right now. Um and I'm not suggesting that they're gonna fall back. Meyer, no, year. Meyer would be Meyer would be a great ad for them long term. The question is if they can make it happen, you know, this season. And we'll see. I, I it's tough for me to say like who is like a pipe dream or or a long shot candidate to add guys like this and who's not. Because we've had like look at how about a guy like Jacob Chickering? He's been on the market for years, it oh feels God, like at this yeah. point. So it's gonna be a team that nobody is considered. For Jacob but Chikrin, like, just because we've been talking about everybody's so been considered for Jacob Chikrin. Like, like we've talked about him at various times. He's gonna end up with the Sens. He's gonna end up with the Kings. He's Buffalo, like, Buffalo, uh, I, Toronto. I, yes, right. That which was that was a thing. That was for Leafs sure. Fans a thing. want Timo Meyer. Once he, yeah. Again, like, good luck. It's tougher for them because that because they have a lot of money locked up long term in a way that. Uh, the Devils, the Devils don't. don't. The funny thing was, I always thought that the Islanders were a threat to add Kane because we really? knew that. Yeah, because we knew that Lou wanted offense in a bad way. We knew that, you know, 
he's, you know, Kane's probably not going to want to stay. I think maybe he wasn't going to want to stay in the Western Conference, or maybe he would have some, you know, desire to go east. Even if, if it wasn't with the Rangers, if the Rangers couldn't make it happen, maybe the Islanders were a more sensible fit. I don't know. I was obviously wrong, <laughs> clearly wrong about that. But it is funny that they went out and got Horvat instead. Um, Do you? But yeah, think it's- I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to sit here and make up. You know. She's not asking just us to make guess up. Here. That's not what the question is. It's just who's the team that nobody is talking about that we think is going to be potentially in on something. I think we need to pay attention to the wild because they always come up with this stuff and it seems like it's impossible for them because of they're in cap hell with the suitor buyout and the Prezi buyout. But they're always like on the peripherals here. And I know they've been connected with Brock Besser a lot. Like there's... Always something going on with him. Billy Garen is, you know, he's someone to watch at this time of year, honestly, because he knows that, you know, he's got a group that can probably get it done and he has no compunction or no, he has no real issues with, um, with making a move, clearly. So they might be a surprise because they don't have any money, <laughs> right? So, so, so maybe Garen pulls something off. I think we need to pay attention to the Seattle Kraken at the deadline. Yep. They are... At this point, continue to be. <laughs> I think they are contenders. I know a lot of people look at their record and where they are at in the standings with a bit of an asterisk, but like there's that old saying, like you are what your record says you are, and that record would suggest the Seattle Kraken are one of the best teams in the Western Conference. They have cap space. They have places where they could improve their roster. Like Again, cat friendly is just the best. <laughs> Their deadline cap space is just under $5 million right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they don't have a ton of like big money deals locked in long term. They have some. They've got a couple guys coming off the books, but like they've got some cat flexibility. I feel like the Kraken are a team that That's could, a really good one. could do something. And I That's don't really good know one. if people are talking about that. I know that at, we'd heard stuff about. Um, I think they could have been in on Bo Horvat. We'd heard stuff about the crack and trying to decide internally, like where they're at this season. Like, I think that was a process that was still, you know, kind of ongoing, at least from what I'd heard, like a, a week or a week or two ago. Like, I think they're deciding, you know, just how far in they want to go. Mm-hmm. Um and that the fun part is we're still a month out. So that process is, you know, we have however many more games, 12, 15 more games from the from the Seattle Kraken before the deadline to decide whether they're worth whether it's mm-hmm. worth them loading up. And I hope yeah. they do. I hope they mm-hmm. do because you look at stuff that's happened in in the Western Conference over the last little bit, Mark Stone getting hurt, huge huge deal, stuff like that. Like these yeah. teams, the Seattles of the world, the the Kings, these like Maybe not true top echelon one or two in the conference, you know, groups. These I hope these are the the franchises and in, in the in the front offices that look, you know, that, that kind of assess where they are and realize that the West is up in the air, right? Like that's a conference mm-hmm. that's that's ripe for the plucking, especially now because. Vegas immediately went into tank once Mark Stone got hurt, and now he's done for the rest of the season. So, do you think they're going to spiral? 
Vegas. Uh-huh. I don't. I don't know if I would predict for them to spiral because they because we've seen them compete. You know, in Not weird lately. situations. Oh, right. True. Stone is a different beast, though. Right. It's one thing to you know, deal with uh, not having Riley Smith for a little bit or, or, or whatever. They're two, six and two in their last 10. Yeah. He's a good player, but I don't know. I, I think, I think the, um, the conference, that conference is more open than I think people realize, honestly. And, you know, I hope we see some teams act accordingly. So what I'm saying is like, yeah, Kraken, go out and trade for Vladimir Tarasenko, right? LA Kings, Add a goaltender. Trade for Thatcher Demko. Like that go would out. Be... Almost too good. It almost makes it too makes much sense. It makes so much sense. And it's so spicy and fun. So for listeners who might not be aware, there is a report from Sportsnet's Elliot Friedman. He believes that the Canucks are going to be big sellers at the deadline. Surprise, surprise. But one of the names that he listed as he was going through, like Luke Shen. Brock Besser, like guys that could be sold off. Uh, he said, Thatcher Demko. Very, very so, interesting. They could get a haul for that guy. We talked about this on on the radio show that I have on Sportsnet, Sean. If you you're radio show? the Vancouver Canucks, I'm going to ignore that. You go to... You go to the Kings and say, give me a pick and Brant Clark and you can have Thatcher Demko. That makes too much sense. I think so. Yeah, just make the money work. But then what do the Canucks look like without Thatcher Demko? Like, what's the point? And that doesn't add up to this. Like, we're going to be good in two years because now who's going to be your goalie? I don't think we hear that report if the Canucks are not open to moving Thatcher Demko. Of course. Like, that's not a mistake. (laughs) So but we we can sit here and say like you know, it's tough. I, I would say try not to find reason or meaning in what's going on with Vancouver right now because that's you want to contend in two years. Anyways, let's move on. Yeah, it's, let's try to do some rapid fire ones here. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> We've this answered like two up. questions. Yeah, back Be to quick. the groundhog. Just kidding. Haley, did SG introduce you to his personal friend John Ham? No, he didn't. My mom was uh, livid that I didn't tell her that I was interviewing John. She <laughs> found she found out from Twitter and was uh, pissed. You should tell your mom things about your life, Sean. No, she she knows enough. All right, this is a fun one. If the New York Times came to you tomorrow and said you can now cover whatever you want, other than your current beat, what would you want to write about? <laughs> uh film. You know the job I want? I want Dave Itzkoff's job. He covers comedy for the, for the New York Times. So you want to just watch funny movies and write about why they made you laugh? No, I want to I want to do things like uh, write about the place of comedy and, and culture overall, and then uh, get a book deal to write about Robin Williams, which is what happened to David Itzkoff. He wrote the he wrote the Robin Williams biography. I have that book. It's on my bookshelf. Very good. It's over there. He's a he's a culture reporter who focuses on comedy. That's, what, that's probably what I would force uh, our employers, the New York Times, who are, again, the company we work, we work for. No questions there. Um, you wouldn't want to host a podcast where you talk about movies and snacks that you enjoy? <laughs> uh, 
Got news hey. for you, my f- got news for you, my friend. <laughs> do you already do that? I'm paid handsomely for it. Do you charge people for this service? Uh, none of your business. <laughs> I think for me, I've one of the things that I really enjoyed when I was in Ottawa specifically was writing um, prospect features. So finding players who had a unique come up or a significant injury um, or just, you know, projecting out what guys might look like and who's someone you should watch. Like I still have great satisfaction about writing how Jake Sanderson should be the Sens' fifth overall pick. We should start year. counting how many times this comes up on the show. I don't give, I don't care. I know. I, I'm answering a question someone asked. That was something that I really enjoyed doing. I'm very proud of the work that I did in that. And I think because of that, I've always wondered, like, I really, I just like prospect stuff. And I don't know if I'd want to do it in hockey, though. But it's always made me kind of wonder, like, you know what? College football could have been kind of fun because there's always stories. There's so many stories in college football about guys trying to make it or who's going to make it or who's the one that you should try to identify. I'm not saying I want to do that so I can hit on who the next big thing in the NFL is going to be. But I like telling stories and there's just so many of them. College football is tough because you're only as good as uh, the media availability and the media policy for the school that you cover is. So if you have a coach who's an asshole and doesn't make these guys available and doesn't want anybody talking to anybody, it's going to be a hard, hard, hard grind. Well, I would pick a school that doesn't shout, have those things. Shout out. Shout out to Pat Narduzzi and the Pit Panthers, baby. That's tough. Anyways, thanks for making fun of me throughout my answer. When did you know that this is something you were going to do professionally? Did you ever get close to changing course? Every close. single day. <laughs> yeah. I was, <laughs> I was very, I was very, very, very ready to quit after, like immediately after college. My first job it was horrible. I was ready to just quit in 10 bar. Many, I was, many, many times. I was just joking. I, I'm sorry that happened to you. It's Okay. I'm I'm here. I'm like whatever. Yeah, I'm I'm close to, I'm close to quitting all the time. I would love to just go if I had other sellable skills, I marketable skills, I would I would do it. I wish I were a carpenter or something, but I'm not. So I'm here. <laughs> that brings us to one of the other questions we got. Are we going to get grumpy Sean or social Sean? It looks <laughs> like we have grumpy Sean today. <sighs> oh, it can switch on a dime, you know this. Yeah. <laughs> um with the Bally Sports News, this is from a uh, typical depressed Leaf fan. With the Bally Sports News, could you see the NHL doing what the MLS did with Apple? Mind you, they would probably partner with OLG or something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. The short, short answer is no. Because... Um, Local rights deals are still just an enormous, enormous, enormous moneymaker for individualized team. And the ownership model in MLS is still such that it allows for more, you know, umbrella deals like that, where you can just say like everything is here, right? Because all, Mm -hmm. all the, many of the franchises are, they're actual franchises where there's a league ownership component. It's not the case with the NHL. You have individual people or you know, uh, property companies or the Fenway sports groups of the world 
who are out to make money in local media deals, local broadcast rights, streaming, whatever. It's a huge, huge part of it. So no, they will never be ceding uh, their TV rights for, for a deal like that. Okay, this question's from Caitlin McGrath. This is the last one. Mm-hmm. If sports journalism, this is our friend, Caitlin. She covers the Toronto Blue Jays. Can I, can, I, can, I, can I say something real quick, by the way? You're, you're not was, friends with Caitlin. It, right. But on on uh, my Puck Soup adjacent podcast, for anybody who's unaware, somebody asked us about, um, or no, wait, it was me and Greg Wyshynski and Ryan Lambert, and we were talking about reality uh reality game shows like reality competitions okay and i and i and i talked about a um a sports media member who i left nameless who had seen every single episode of uh survivor oh yeah caitlin loves survivor uh-huh so does scott not, wheeler you said it on me i forgot i and i i wanted to out caitlin and wheeler there because i've i've seen them talk <laughs> in length in extreme detail about like, oh yeah, they're on season 38 of, or whatever, which is still yeah. just, it's wild to me. Total recall. Are you trying to make Survivor. fun of it's them? Amazing. For like no, I'm saying, I'm saying it's, I'm saying it's unbelievable. I can't believe that. I, Are you sure? I can't believe that anybody's stuck with that for, for that long. I don't relate to it in any, in any capacity. Okay. The question from Caitlin. <laughs> now that you're done being very mean. Grumpy Sean is if sports journalism had a skills competition, what would the events be and which one would I beat you in? Journalism? Um, Just overall. Oh, I thought you were saying that would be the contest that I would beat you in. I think, yeah, I think like if our, it were, I think if it were a decathlon, you would probably, you would probably have me beat. Uh, you were, uh, you are a much better reporter than I am. Just generally you're, you're, more motivated and more successful when it comes to finding people and getting information from them. That is a skill and it is a skill that uh, you have in spades. And mm. I do not. <laughs> I'm going to cry. If you just lay someone up to me and say, Hey, talk to, you know, Ken Hitchcock or whatever, it'll probably work out fine. But I'm missing, I'm missing that bone and you are not. You could write like 10 columns that would <laughs> kick my ass before I could <laughs> agonize my way through writing one. So. Well, that's, li- that's life when you come up in the, in the aggregator system in <laughs> 2011 or whatever, just churn out as much shit as possible, baby. Have a take. Who's better at transcribing interviews? Like who would uh, have the better, like who's a faster typer? That's a good question. We might have to figure this out. I honestly don't know. I'm conf- I'm pretty I'm pretty confident in my in my uh, typing speed honestly my type my typing skill. Everybody has a no, there's no nobody who's who's in this profession is bad at that. Like everybody types fast. Yeah, I don't know. This is a tough one, Caitlin. Let's just if there was a decathlon I would win. We agree. I'm much better at uh, reading mailbag questions without coughing than you are. <laughs> yeah, well Danielle's going to cut those out. Oh, good luck. <laughs> Oh, she will. Everybody else in this podcast is sick right now. It I'm seems not like sick. You, you are coughing, Danielle. I'm not sick. I've been on the phone for hours. Danielle's lost ninety-seven percent of her voice and sounds like sounds like Callie March Simpson. I think Bono uh, threw up earlier too. <laughs> great. Everybody's sick. 
Not, Time to get but, some mop socks to sweep up that vomit. Works great on dog vomit. Mop socks. The Super Selly Challenge at the NHL All-Star Game brought to you by Mop Socks. Did you mean to say Tendy? I don't give a shit. I don't care. No, I, just, I made it up. The Super Selly Challenge. Oh. Well, this I don't even know what we talked about today. Yeah, it's fine. It's All-Star Week. All-Star Break. I should be on a beach right now. <laughs> huh? You're doing much more important work, so. That's right. What are you going to do? Thanks for listening, everybody. I'll be blogging on Friday and Saturday. Yeah. I'll be at my, you know, longest friend's bachelorette party celebrating her pending nuptials. Yeah, it sounds terrible. <sighs> Poor Thanks, you. everyone. If you enjoy the mailbag. Oops, all mailbag. The oops, all mailbag format. Let us know. We'll do this again sometime. I like that we didn't have to talk. There weren't that many hockey questions. There was enough. I feel like you got to know us today. I barfed out like 45 seconds about, uh, about RSN deals. And that's about the extent of it. Congratulations. I totally retained all of that information. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks everybody. And as always, if you want to send us questions in the app, you can do so. And then we can have a little mini mailbag segment and the third segment on weeks where we're not doing a draft. So give us some comments, questions, if you can find your way to the comment section, because Craig and Sean have made it seem like that is impossible to do. It is. Speaking of the Tuesday boys. Next week, they're going to be breaking down the Athletics NHL 99 project. They want your input. So if you have thoughts on the rankings, you can email theathletichockeyshow at gmail.com. And please put NHL 99 in the subject line so they know that is what you're trying to talk about. You can also leave a voicemail at 845-445-8459. And just a reminder, if you're not an Athletic subscriber, you can join us at theathletic.com slash hockey show to get an annual subscription for $2 a month for 12 months. Thanks everybody for listening to this Friday show. Rest in peace to the groundhog (laughs) and to Pete the penguin. We will talk to you next week. Rest in power. Phil the marmot. That's not his name. Whatever. 